Hello, listeners. Welcome to another exciting episode of Standing Post. I'm your host, Cody Starkin, and in this month's episode, we bring you a registered nurse from our Safety, Health, and Environmental Programs Division. The SAF program aims to provide employees a unified approach to safety and occupational health that strives to eliminate work-related accidents, injuries, workplace illness, and maintain an acceptable level of health and fitness throughout the Secret Service. Now, please welcome to the show, Nurse Stephanie Semendeni. Stephanie, welcome to the show. I appreciate you joining us to talk to the listeners about what you do for the organization. Uh, do you mind introducing yourself to the listeners? Yes. Hi, everyone. My name is Stephanie Semadeni, and I'm a nurse in safety and health. And Stephanie, where did you uh, grow up? Uh, you know, where do you call home? Home for me is a town in New York that uh, goes by the name of Cornwall. Most people don't know it. It's about an hour north of New York City on the Hudson River, very close to West Point Military Academy. And what did you do for, you know, college and uh, becoming a nurse? So growing up, uh, I did quite a bit of singing and running. That's, those are probably the two main, main activities that I did growing up. And I always knew I wanted to come to Washington, D.C. for college. I don't particularly know why, but it was something I wanted to do, and that was something I was able to do. And I actually went to American University for my first degree, which was in health promotion. And then um, shortly after, I went back to school for a nursing degree, and I went to Catholic University of America, also here in Washington, D.C. Awesome. I get to uh, interview a fellow alumni, so that's awesome. Uh, I went to American University myself, too. What? Yeah, I did my grad program with them. And, okay. yeah, it was, uh, it was interesting. It was a good campus, and um, it was definitely a very challenging curriculum, so, like, I enjoyed it. And I did want to ask if, um, you, know, what, you know, what was your furthest race? Did you ever do it competitively? So I did distance running in high school, so I did cross-country, indoor and outdoor track distance, but my actual longest race was just two years ago to the day yesterday, I did a half mile, uh, not a half mile, <laughs> <laughs> a um, half marathon. Oh, congratulations. So that was my, and I hope to do another one. What specifically drew you to being a registered nurse? Sure. So I always, I wouldn't say I was a science nerd, but I certainly was always drawn to science class, particularly biology. Just always enjoyed learning about everything related to science. I also always enjoyed learning about how the body works and how it doesn't work sometimes. Found that fascinating. That in conjunction with, I've always enjoyed sharing my knowledge with other people. Like, oh, this is kind of cool or neat, so let me tell you about it because I think you might want to know about it too. And for some reason, I don't know, you know, role models in my family, just the importance of serving others in your community. So kind of that all combined together to me is what nursing is. There's the science piece. There's the desire to serve and benefit other people. And then education is a huge part of being a nurse, educating your patient population, whether that's the person in the Alzheimer's unit where I used to work or their family um, or whether it's the employees here of our agency so I feel like that just kind of combines everything together, all of the things that I think I was pretty good at and also the things that I've enjoyed. Um, I also had two amazing nurses in my family, an aunt and a great aunt. And growing up, I was just always fascinated by the stories. I mean, they've worked in virtually every area of nursing you could possibly think of for decades now. And I just thought they were the two most awesome people you've ever heard. And I was like, 
I wonder if I could do that. And then the more I grew up, I was like, I think I could. Do I want to do that? And it just, they, they definitely inspired me and made it more of a real, you know, real life thing. Like, yeah, this, these opportunities are out there and may, maybe I could do that. So I owe it to my Aunt Debbie and my Aunt Judy. That's awesome. And what kind of drew you to the Secret Service in general? Like after you got done with you know, going through the nursing program and everything like that, what kind of drew you to the, the Secret Service itself? Well, I wasn't drawn right away. I had some jobs in between. I actually left D.C. right after I graduated and moved to Denver for about a year and a half. My husband was in school. So I worked um, at a long-term care facility for Alzheimer's residents while I was out there. We came back to D.C. I worked in an ICU um, at a Northern Virginia hospital. And then I just wanted to change. I wanted something different from bedside nursing care, acute care. I wanted to be able to use my health promotion degree a little bit more, reach people before they get to a point where they're needing acute care in a hospital setting. So I just started a search to see what opportunities were out there. And when I applied for my job, it was actually a contract position, and I did not know with what agency. It was a very basic advertisement, nurse health educator for federal employees. And I said, sure, okay. Who knows? What the heck? Why not? And within a week, I found myself sitting in the SACS Office of Safety and Health interviewing for a job with an agency at the time I knew really very little about. Secret Service protects the president. Beyond that, I didn't know much about it. And I figured I'd just kind of give it a chance. And tomorrow will actually be eight years since um, I started here, about three and a half as an employee. Congratulations. And so is that a common kind of career path for someone to uh, become a nurse for the Secret Service? So for those others that may have an interest in what you're doing after learning about you today, is that a similar path they can take or is that something new now where they can just kind of, I guess, apply through USA Jobs? It depends. So a number of the nurses that we currently have on staff started the same way I did. They started as contract nurses as well, either in our health unit here or within safety and health itself. But you can also apply directly to be start as a full-time employee through USA Jobs. It just kind of depends what's open at the time. Let's kind of move into um, what you do for the Secret Service. From you know, this, Basically, you work for the Safety Health Environmental Programs. Can you kind of talk about and explain its purpose and kind of what it does, its roles and responsibilities? Sure. So there's actually, I think, a lot more that Safety and Health does than people realize. Um, and I think a lot, you know, a lot of it has been done kind of in the background, quietly in the shadows, and more recently, a spotlight's really been shown on us. But yes, actually, within Safety Health and Environmental Programs, there's actually five programs, which we have operational management and oversight of. And it just helps provide employees with an approach to occupational safety and health that's more unified um, with multiple goals, depending on what the program is. And there's actually five programs in there. We have a safety, medical, drug deterrence, environmental, and wellness programs, each with their own independent purpose, all housed within the same division. Now, do you uh, work for one of those, like within SAF, or are you kind of above those organizations in the sense of like, you know, position-wise? I am, as a nurse, I'm part of the medical program, but I also have the role of being the wellness program manager, which is kind of started out more as a subset, much smaller program within the medical program, but I've had the fortunate opportunity to grow that over my time here. So it's recognized now also as, as its own independent program with its own functions as well. 
regarding your roles and responsibilities for a nurse within the Secret Service, um, you know, what does that range look like? So there are a variety of different specific tasks the nurses have. One of the core functions, though, for each of us is regarding the mandatory medical examination program. So it's the actual review of medical exams for our law enforcement personnel. And so every exam that is done in any of our clinics, wherever it is, eventually makes its way back to us and a nurse reviews it to determine, is that particular individual medically qualified? Do we need additional information or not? So that's a core function that all of us have been trained to do and carry out. Um, and it's an, it's an important one because we need to make sure that those folks are you know, medically qualified and, and able to, to carry out their essential job functions. So that's one that we all share. And then I would say each nurse also has developed kind of our own niche. For me, it's the health and wellness programs. We have nurses who also review applicant exams because applicants as part of their process for the law enforcement positions also have to go through um, a medical examination and their standards that they have to meet. So those have to be reviewed very diligently to ensure that we're um, hiring qualified applicants in a medical sense. Um, We also have a nurse who is involved in managing those on limited duty. So that's a very important aspect as well. Um, We have a nurse who's involved on the medical side for our fitness for duty process. We We have involvement also in the medical review board process. And then, of course, now it's almost all hands-on with all of the medical providers within safety and health for the the COVID management, the COVID response, um, contact tracing, and all of that as well, COVID testing too. So for people that are working in the Secret Service, what what kind of work would they see from you? Like what was some of your projects or initiatives that you did within the, the wellness program? So wellness program, when I got here, did some great stuff. I was probably mostly known for health fairs and blood drives. And maybe an occasional seminar or lunch and learn, but I was afforded the opportunity to kind of take that and run with it because I do have some experience doing wellness programs in other settings with my health promotion degree. So I've been able to um, expand it, one, outside of headquarters to also various DC sites. And also now with some of the new platforms we have like MS Teams. And just given the nature of how things are right now, where so much is virtual, I've been able to offer programs also to those not within the NCR. So that's been exciting. So we continue to have our health fairs. We have typically every year um, a stress-free day, which is also a big event, free massages and therapy dogs and reflexology. That's been a, that's been a big one that I think people have appreciated quite a bit and kind of associate with wellness programs. We've done various fitness challenges. Uh, throughout the years, too, from everything from weight loss to cycling challenges to step challenges. And I think people enjoy those because it um, allows people to get to know each other in different divisions. A lot of people who work for this agency are competitive, which, which is good. I think we all kind of have that within us. So they enjoy that good nature, competitive aspect of fitness challenges. Um, we do quite a bit of seminars still whether they were in-person before or virtual now, Lunch and Learns, either led by myself or various professionals from other health-related organizations. Um, We also do, um, we used to have like walking groups sometimes as well when weather was nice, so that was fun. The displays in the various buildings, health awareness displays, whether it could be for various cancer awareness, um, diseases like heart disease or diabetes, so we'd have that. So it really varies. Wellness to me is 
a very holistic approach to health. So there's various dimensions, so not just physical health, but also touch on mental health sometimes, social health, um, environmental health. So there's, there's been a lot that I've been able to do to grow, to grow that program and try and reach more people, especially outside of just the headquarters building. The wellness program is really there also, too, to help uh, because it's a high-stress environment for the, some that work here. And so that's just answering you know, the needs that they may have uh, from their job and what they do for the Secret Service, correct? 100%. Occupational health is considered a dimension of wellness. Um, and though, you know, we have a fantastic EAP program, which is really all focused on mental health and stress as well. And we've actually, I've had the, the pleasure of coordinating with them a lot on what we do too. So that really is their main focus. But a lot of what we do also does touch on different stress release. We had a um, um, program this past March, Mindful Mondays. So we had a series of different mindfulness topics um, as well. But yes, I think wellness is offered as a means for people to focus on themselves, be more aware of the decisions that they're making and how that impacts their health and hopefully empower them to make better decisions so they're a healthier person and ultimately, too, just more productive in, in the workplace and happier in the workplace, too. I kind of want to move over to the, the personnel, kind of how it's set up, uh, kind of like the organizational chart, like who makes up SAF? The, you know, we have the special agents, we have uniform division, technical law enforcement and APTs that all work under the, you know, the Secret Service uh, banner, if you will. Who makes up SAF um, specifically? So SAF is ever-growing. It is actually a much larger division, maybe twice as big as it was when I started. We currently have a SAC and an AT-SAC. The rest of us are, are APTs, subject matter experts in our own right within the various programs that I mentioned earlier. So we have nurses, medical providers, um, drug program specialists, occupational safety and health specialists, as well as various admin support. But yes, it's, it's a APT-driven division. And so if I was out, say, at the LA field office or I was in uh, Plains, Georgia, what kind of um, products would I see coming out from SAF if I was working in those field offices or those positions out in those locations? So most, if not all, of the programs within SAF reach all employees everywhere. For example, our mandatory medical examination program applies to all in a law enforcement position, whether you're here in headquarters, D.C., or all around the world. That is a requirement that people in those types of positions um, must be in compliance with. Also, our safety program deals a lot with identifying and mitigating workplace hazards and OSHA compliance, which, again, is for all employees regardless of where you work. Um, So it's not just we are based here in headquarters in D.C., but our programs really do apply to everyone everywhere. Uh, Stephanie, do you mind um, talking about the Secret Service's uh, response to COVID because it kind of falls within your scope? Uh, Can you kind of explain what... Um, we are doing to help protect the personnel within the Secret Service? Sure. So Secret Service and particularly SAF, as well as other divisions too, have definitely played a very active role in addressing this pandemic, engaging with our employees, communicating with our employees from very early on, starting back January of 2020. So very early on, um, we certainly didn't wait and sit back to see what would happen. We started taking action right away starting with educating ourselves about what is COVID, what is coronavirus, what does that mean to us? 
always within the back of our mind is the mission must continue and we have to carry out our mission. And so how are we going to handle this largely unknown virus that we don't understand yet? How are we going to address that, take care of our people, and yet still carry out this very important mission that we have? So we've we've leaned on, I think, our personnel and safety and health quite a bit. We, we take that on proudly. We're happy to do so. Um, but, you know, it was, it was a huge 180 for our division. We were doing so many of these other things that I was talking about, and it wasn't really, you know, drop them, but it was like, okay, this is the priority now, and we have to step up to the challenge because people are looking to us for guidance. So the medical staff in particular, we've had to really educate ourselves on the, on the disease itself, the symptoms of that, what the CDC guidance is keeping up to date, and especially early on in the pandemic, that was changing so rapidly as we were learning more about that. So that really was a, was a challenge. And then how do we effectively communicate those guidance and recommendations to people in a way that makes sense and that also, again, allow us to continue to, to carry out the mission? So it's been, it's been, quite, a, it's been quite a ride. Um, we're not done yet. We're still going through it. Um, we've taken huge in- initiatives from offering COVID testing. We conduct, um, there's a team of us within SAF who conduct all the contact tracing in relation to every case that we have for our employees. Um, we provide guidance to all of those people that we, quote unquote, we say track. I don't know how personal that sounds, but we, that we are keeping tabs on and following up with um, until, you know, they, they've been cleared to return to work. There's been a lot involved in this. We've had assistance also, which has been great, um, from other uh, divisions as well, um, from some special agents, from some uniform division who have helped us carry out this big lift that we've had. And so there's, there's been a lot going on. Also, our, our safety and environmental folks, too, have helped, um, especially early on, figuring out if someone tests positive, what cleaning is required for that? Um, what can kill this virus? And what's the timeline for when it's safe for someone to go back into a workplace where there's been someone who's sick? And obtaining PPE was huge as well. And sorry, what's PPE? Personal protective equipment, masks, gloves, face shield, et cetera. Not just for those of us that have been actually testing people and running tests, but people who are working in-person jobs, standing posts, traveling, assignments like that, making sure that they have um, the equipment necessary to protect themselves while they're working. And does that apply to, um, you know, do you, does that extend out to the field offices too, that guidance and that testing? and the- It does. Every employee um, who presents with a positive case of COVID, potential symptoms of COVID, who's deemed a close contact, we... Um, we are responsible for communicating with them, providing them guidance, following them throughout the process of um, being able to be cleared back to work. So we have it's it's every employee everywhere. Do other federal law enforcement uh, programs are they similar like this, or are we kind of, SAF kind of unique to the Secret Service and what you do? There are other similar programs and agencies. Of course, I know those within DHS better than outside DHS. But from what I know, it isn't necessarily common to have all of these programs housed in within one division. A lot of times they're separate, particularly medical programs are, are separate of their own um, entity. So it is a bit unique. Um, and I, th- I think it's a good thing that all of these different programs are housed together. 
Um, a lot of times you will see, just because I know pretty well the wellness programs, so a lot of DHS agencies have wellness programs, but they're typically run um, by HR specialists who don't necessarily have any sort of nursing or health promotion background, and it's kind of combined with you know other tasks as assigned, so to speak. So they're an HR our person, but they also, you know, do do a minimal amount of wellness um, offerings as well. So it's unique that we have a program that's so robust and recognized as its own independent program too. So I would say, yeah, within DHS, that you do see OSHA compliance programs, environmental and sustainability programs, and other agencies, and for other law enforcement agencies who have requirements for their um, law enforcement personnel you will see similar types of medical programs too. And do you partner with any other agencies, uh, departments, things like that, in a collaboratory effort uh, to promote an initiative or a project? I would say that we, t- we will um, collaborate together in different venues to share ideas, discuss best practices, um, mostly within DHS, the different components of DHS. For example, um, you might we might attend interagency medical meetings with medical staff and providers from other agencies to see what their you know medical standards are, different things like that. DHS Work Life has regular meetings, so again, like my counterparts from other agencies might come together, share what programs are you doing, what's working for your employees, what the feedback is. So yes, and especially again throughout the COVID pandemic, our medical providers have been in regular close contact with DHS medical officers um, regarding our, what our response is. So with your background, experience, and your time with staff, I guess I was going to ask, uh, as a nurse in today's world, is there any advice or, uh, I guess, safe advice you could give to people, um, either um, living in a COVID environment, just day-to-day health? Is there anything from your background and your education that you'd like to pass on to the listeners? I think so. I would say now more than ever, We need to pay a little bit more attention to taking care of ourselves. Um, It's easy to get caught up in work and kids and life and all the activities. And we some to some extent, I think we pride ourselves on being busy all the time. And I think given this pandemic and what a shift has been in life, um, it's been difficult to take that break to focus on yourself and you know, taking care of yourself means something different to everyone. It may not mean the same thing that it does to me, that it does to you. It could mean eating a healthy meal. I mean, that sounds so basic, but how easy is it and how much more convenient is it to get what's quick, which doesn't necessarily mean it's healthy, but focusing on eating a healthy meal once in a while, taking a walk, getting more sleep. Um, Our schedules have kind of been, for the most part, flipped around. People who used to have a regular schedule getting up commuting to work, having certain times in the office, though telework has great benefits, that has been probably a huge shift or childcare has been a little bit mixed up for people. So the routines that we may have had, which allowed ourselves to take better care of ourselves have been turned upside down. So getting more sleep could be one, taking a break, reading a book, getting outside, getting fresh air every day, really simple things, but just making a conscious effort to focus on yourself for some small part of the day making a good choice that makes you feel good. The second part of that I would say is check in with other people too. Um, We've all been through this challenge of COVID together, but we've all experienced it differently. So many of us here, all of us here right now, thank God we have continued to be employed in good jobs. 
Um, I don't really take, a day doesn't go by where I don't think about that and I'm grateful for that. Not everyone that we know in our life has had that same experience. So just continue to check in with others to see if what it is that you, you, can, off, you can offer them as well. Um, sometimes it's just simple asking, how are you doing? What do you need? Um, I think that's huge. That's a huge part of wellness. That's that social wellness, community connectiveness, which I think um, doesn't only help the person that you're checking in with, but it, you, know, you get a lot of positive feedback as well for yourself. Now, are there any resources that you'd be willing to share uh, with anybody that may have questions about that, you know, on what you just spoke about? Is there anything you can refer to them to or? I would say there's lots of good material probably if you look in the wellness section on the SAF intranet page that I've posted. Not recently. I apologize. My time's been a little bit eaten up on things like that. But um, there's probably some good things in there regarding uh, stress relief, particularly um, quick stress busters, just all sorts of different things on self-care, um, stress reduction, EAP, our own in-house EAP, fantastic staff. Um, they have a lot to offer in that way as well. And then I would say check out community sources for if, if there's needs that you have, but also there's great opportunities within, I'm sure, every community right now that you can reach out and help other people that might be in, in need at this time. Is there something unique within the Secret Service that you might be able to share regarding what you do? Sure. I would say in past nursing jobs that I've had, it was there's always focus, of course, patient-centered care, which it should be, but it was very kind of individualized. You know, it wasn't necessary. You didn't feel part of something bigger. Of course, what you did mattered and it cared, but it was like, okay, we're taking care of this person. This what, This is what needs to be done. And everyone's a little bit kind of in their old separate area. And, you know, when the various hospitals or facilities I worked at, I enjoyed them. But there wasn't this overarching theme or mission or sense that you were part of something a little bit bigger, a a bigger sense of purpose, I guess. And so when I came here, I didn't necessarily expect that. I wasn't even really looking for that. Um, But over time, I've realized that I feel like, yes, what I do there's a, there's a spot for it. It plays a bigger purpose. It does matter and it affects the greater whole. And I've kind of enjoyed trying to figure out as a nurse in the secret service, it's like, oh, that even exists. I wouldn't have, I would not have known that you wouldn't expect that, but it's like, oh, okay. And here's why, and here's the role you can fill. I want to do a good job at it. I want to keep doing better. I want to keep learning about the culture and the people and the organization and see how can I contribute to that and just, you know, make the employee population and the agency as a whole better. So I think that's definitely unique from the previous experiences that I've had working as a nurse to now. And I really do enjoy that. Is there a specific uh, memory that you have in the the past time you've worked here, something that kind of just resonated with you, the fact that you were working for the Secret Service, you're getting to do this. Do you have like a favorite memory in the past couple of years from what you've been doing? That's a great question. Just put me on the spot just just like that. Hmm. I would say I, I, have a, I have a few. I thought that going out, I've had the opportunity on a number of occasions now to go out to the training center, to RTC, and really see what training to be in some of these positions means. And I was speaking with instructors, and that really struck me like, wow, this is, this is like the real deal, <laughs> right? Like this was pretty early on. You saw the, the driving pad and the different firearms and the physical training, all of that. 
was was very impressive. So that's always kind of stuck with me to think what the the law enforcement population goes through and how committed they must be to endure all of that. And so that I found that very impressive. That's always stuck with me. One of my you know first couple experiences out at RTC. And I would just say I've I've been afforded the opportunity both in the wellness programs I've done and now in a lot of the COVID-related communications I've had, I've had the opportunity to engage one-on-one with hundreds, maybe thousands of our employees. And I just think that's kind of unique. It wasn't like that before when I started. Um, There are very few people I know, and I've just really enjoyed myself learning about each person. I'm also very like humbled by what people are willing to share with me as, as a nurse and I don't take that lightly. I take that very seriously, you know, what, what people will share with you and confide in you and information about themselves. So that always um, sticks with me, too. There's There's been, without getting into specifics, there's been, yeah, a number of conversations I've had with people. And you kind of hang up the phone and you're like, wow, like that that one I'll remember, you know, like that I'll remember for a long time. I feel like it was impactful, maybe more for me than the person on the other end of the phone, because people do have questions, concerns, guidance. They're concerned about their families at this time, and they really are coming to us, or for me, looking looking for help, for guidance, comfort, compassion, all of that. And I, I hope I do a good job offering it. I know we have an amazing group of nurses. There's actually six of us now, and I respect all of them. It's an honor and pleasure to work with all of them, and we really do care about, you know, you our employees don't become a nurse without having to have a deep passion for wanting to help other people. And so I think our agency is really lucky to have that group. I've learned a substantial amount from this group of nurses too. So that's really been fortunate for me. But I would say it's, it's just a lot of it is that one-on-one connection with people that I've um, been able to have throughout my years here. And so, yeah, there are a few conversations that have stuck with me and probably will continue to. Well, as we uh, wrap up the show here, uh, is there anything you'd like to tell the listeners, anything that you'd like to leave them with? I was thinking about this one for a little bit, and I would just say I know that we are all tired of this pandemic. Unfortunately, it's not going anywhere. I'm still always optimistic and hopeful we will get through this, but I know I know we're tired. But please keep being vigilant, taking care of yourselves, taking care of others. Practice those infection prevention behaviors. Wear your mask. Wash your hands. Um, don't work sick. That's a big one, please. Um, That would be a request of the nurses. (laughs) Please don't work if you're sick. Um, Take care of yourself. I would just say that, like, we're going to get through this on the other side. We're continue to be here to support each and every employee. Um, But if we all do our part, I think, and continue to do the things that we know, you know, that that we can do to take care of ourselves and others, we'll make it through a lot better, I think. more information or how to join, please go to www.secretservice.gov. And until next time, listeners, stay vigilant.